Awesome. Hey, Tim, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing, Jason? I'm good. Uh, well, I'm as good as I can be. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining in these uh, uh, moments where we don't know what's next, right? In trying times, the level of good it gets it gets changed, right? Yeah, you know, and I think that uh, you know having people like you in the community makes such a huge difference that I wanted to make sure we got you on here as quick as possible to uh, you know share some goodness um, you know with the listening audience. So, you know, for me, um, you know, I know your day job, which is helping organizations think about talent, uh, think yeah. about talent, thinking about how to bring talent into organizations, thinking about the best ways to 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 drive talent. You know, and then I think about your night job and the rest of the work you do, which is being like one of the most amazing evangelists, you know, for the HR profession in the space. Um, would you mind just sharing with people around the world uh, who are watching this, like why you, why Tim Sackett and, you know, what your mission in life is? Yeah, you know, I, I, it's funny. I always, um, to me, I'm always thinking I can help organizations better their talent. Um, that's kind of always been an overriding kind of mission. Um, with that, it turns into like, the world's big brother a lot of times. I get so many people, whether it's HR leaders, TA leaders, reaching out, asking for help. Um, and it kind of started like that. When I started blogging, it was, it, was a, it was a personal, and that was like 10, 11 years ago. It was more of a personal therapy thing. Like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna write about all the crazy stuff that I see happening and that we do in, in, our, in our field and, and just have a little bit of fun with it because that's just my personality. But then um, it kind of grew out of, I think the audience kind of really gravitated towards that. Um, and then it was like, oh, well, you know, I, you know, every, then you realize that everybody is kind of in the same situation. We all need some help. We all have questions. We all have to do that. And probably that Midwest upbringing that I have is it's hard to tell somebody, you know, when they ask a question and, and they find you in a million different ways, you know, not to try to lend a hand. And Jason, I know you're exactly the same way. Um, you make yourself so available um, that sometimes it's, it gets to be a little overwhelming, but at the same time, it's like, it's what we do. And, and we really enjoy that. I love helping people and helping their organization get better. So Tim, one of the things that's always interesting to me is this, you brought up blogging and, you know, I wasn't going to go there, but I think it's important and you do it, you know, you do a daily blog basically. Um, you know, and I think that there's, I personally, you know, I blog or vlog or record or something every single day of my life. Yeah. And I personally don't think there's enough. Well, excuse me, let me rephrase. I believe for me, that does something. I believe it clears my brain. Mm -hmm. I believe it brings thoughts to the surface that I wouldn't normally have. And I also think it's, it deprioritizes some things. And I think as people are looking for outlets right now, that that might not be a bad outlet. Um, you know, would you mind talking just a little about how blogging and getting content out makes you feel? Because you're not doing it. I mean, you're doing it, or at least for me, I'm doing it more for myself than I am for anyone else because oh it brings clarity of thought. I, I totally agree with you. And like I said, that's, it, that's really how it started. For me, it was, you know, I was in a stressful HR job and the, to producing or writing content and throwing it out there to an audience um, turned out to be this great kind of therapy. Like I didn't have to go pay 150 an hour to sit with somebody. I could just get it out there. And then the interaction with the audience, I either justified or, you know, what I was thinking or didn't, you know, or, or told me I was wrong or whatever that I mean, but that interaction was therapy in itself. And I just think the idea of creating, because sometimes I'll go and I know you do the same as like, we'll go to do a video or you go to do, get sit down and write something and you get halfway through it and you go, yeah, you know what? Not really 
really that important. <laughs> I can't even finish this, throw it yeah. off the side. And it really helps you understand like, is it that, is it, is it just something that's, that's in the ecosystem right now that's hot that people are talking about. But the reality is, is I think through it, I'm like, yeah, not that, not that important. And then there's other things that I'm like, I could literally sit down and write about every day for two straight weeks and I still not feel like I have it all out. Yeah. So, you know, we, we talk, you know, we, we, you know, you know, we talked a little about this concept of future of work, you know, and I truly think the future of work kind of got, uh, I'm not sure what happened. The future of work just Speaking hit us the in the face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, face, gut, balls, whatever we want to say, you know, it's hit us, you know, it's hit us in the last three, four weeks where it's like, whoa, um, you know, we thought we had time. Now, for some of us, we've been thinking about, you know, this chasm between outside work and inside work for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I said, it just hit us. So those of us that were kicking the can towards future of work and how do we make things better, yeah. uh, you know, all of a sudden are like, whoa, uh, this got, now it's real. So, you know, the way we're talking about this is the now of work and that we have to think about the now of work. And, you know, in my personal opinion, we've been focusing on how do we prepare the workforce for the workplace. And I think right now we're in this massive shift where we have to prepare the workplace for the workforce. And it's a different, it's a different, different discussion. So, you know, I'd love just based on what we're dealing with globally right now around coronavirus and, you know, a... Uh, economic uh, recession at best, at best. A, everyone working from home, a, everyone trying to figure out how to do stuff that they used to do face-to-face from a social interaction standpoint. You and I have been working remotely for a long time, um, but what, what is the now of work look like and what can organizations be doing in your personal mind? What can HR professionals be doing in your personal mind to like bring themselves forward or help themselves through this? Well, I think, you know, one of the things that we, I think as HR leaders, HR professionals, we've always gravitated towards, we love being the crisis manager anyways. Like, it seems like that's our goal. Well, guess what? You just had the biggest hundred year crisis that's going to come, maybe a 500 year crisis that's going to come and, and hit you probably for the only major crisis you'll have in your career as an HR professional. Yeah, I mean, I tell you, I, I, I don't, I don't, I, I, that's really important and I don't want people yeah. to think past it. Like, you know, whether this is a three week thing, whether this is a six week thing, whether this is an 18 month thing, this is probably the biggest crisis that you'll face. Yeah. You know, we look yeah. at things like 9-11, we look at things like 2008, those things happened pretty fast. Yes. Oh, yeah. This is happening. This is pain over an extended period of time. Yeah. And I think that's a different discussion. So I'm sorry. Continue. No, I totally agree with you. And I think that's, I mean, I'm a very positive, um, you know, kind of glass is always kind of full kind of person. Because I think there's within that, there's so many opportunities, I think, to help our organizations, help our leaders continue to get better. And they probably need our support more during a crisis than they do when things are great. When things are great, like it's, like, we, yeah, we can have like, oh, we got resources. We can do these programs and projects when things are not great is when all of the hickeys really start to show, right? And they need us more than, than ever in terms of helping them make the right decisions, maybe listen and take some time and, and really slow down. In fact, I, it's funny, I, even my own VP of HR today, I sent her a message because there was kind of a, a thing that happened. Like, it seems like right now, hourly things are happening. And I literally, the first sentence was, let's slow down. let's let's take a moment and breathe and think about this and really make sure we do the right thing versus just react and 
because we're fighting fires every single minute. And at some point we have to, you know, know that the, Hey, we're just going to have to get comfortable in the fire for a little while. So, so someone who is trying to think through this and trying to process it, which we all are, and we're trying to realize, okay, what's the now and what's the next and what can I be doing? You know, have you formulated, and I realize we're all doing this on the fly, yeah. uh, but have you formulated any thoughts as to what, you know, HR people can be doing to try to show the value that they add? Um, you know, I, I had a huge conversation last night with India where I talked about this conversations of hands, heads, and hearts, and that, yeah. you know, transactional stuff is important, but what's most important right now in my mind is the heart and the empathy that we can bring to the situation where we're laying people off or we're seeing people go through illness or we're seeing people deal with family illnesses. Like, how do you balance that? And, you know, how, how would you spend your time as an HR professional? You know, Jay, I, I, I call this rational compassion, right? When you think about, you know, to be empathetic, to be compassionate, a great HR leader, a great HR pro has to be rationally compassionate, which means how do I understand the, the, that heart, that value of every individual person at the same time? I have to balance that with the business of the whole saying, I need to protect the business. So there's actually something for some of us to come back to understanding that there's probably going to be obviously job loss. There's probably going to be some people that are going to be impacted and it might be actually you as well. And sometimes you just have to swallow that pill and know that it's there um, and be able to say, how can we be compassionate and, and at the same time do what's best for the business overall? And I think that's really difficult, um, especially when many times, and I, and Jason, I'm sure in your career, I know in my career, I've had to write those lists out where my name was on the list. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. you're just like, that's just a reality that, that some people are going to have to face. But then I think you get quickly, you get back to, okay, what are, what's the value that we, that we need to start to add and, and, and I don't want to just start running around and doing projects. I need to, I need to know from the executives as, as well where their heads are. At the same time, you have to understand that they're completely, their heads are blown up as well. They're trying to protect the business, trying to protect the financials, the stakeholders. And so sometimes we have to come to them, um, you know, with some suggestions and some ways to say, hey, here's, here's what I'm doing to take care of this. So you guys don't have to worry about this. Um, and, and we're going to move this forward. So I, I want to just push one, not too deep, but I want to push yeah, on that, yeah. rash, those, that, that rationally compassionate. Yeah. Um, because you know what? You, I mean, you captured my last week <laughs> in two words. Uh, and I've been trying, I mean, don't laugh at this, but I've been trying to figure out what I've been. Yeah, rational. Uh, and, and, no, and I think that's really what it is. I mean, I've been trying to be rationally compassionate where you have the human side that you're dealing with, but also the reality side of business. Yeah. Well, it was funny in my book <laughs> and the talent fix, we actually looked at the great traits of like great TA leaders. And, and what happened was I, from that data, I had a subset of data, which was HR leaders. And there was a little, some, some differences in there, which I didn't write about. And I'll probably write about it in another book, but um, what the, the one trait that came out difference between TA leaders and HR leaders was this, this rational compassion um, that we found. And, and it was kind of interesting to talk about that and see that and what that really was. And, and it, when you, when you talk through it, you're like, Holy crap, that's yeah. Like that's the best leader. The best leaders can do that. They can, they can understand that, Hey, this is going to have a major people impact and it's going to, it's literally going to break my heart and it's going to hurt my head. And I'm not going to want to make some of these decisions but yep. for the betterment of the whole, I have to make some of these decisions. 
because that, that's, how, that's what I have to do. Yeah, how do you, how does someone who's not a leader by title yeah. act like a leader in a moment like this? That, I, I realize that's a trillion dollar question, <laughs> but you know, what, I mean, what have you seen? Cause I'm watching in our organization right now, I'm watching people who, and I hate to say this, but they have no reason stepping up to lead. Yeah. To lead. They are. Yeah. And then I'm watching people that should be leading probably like not sure what to do. Yeah. Um, and I'm wondering if you see that and you know, what, you know, what do you do? How do you, how do people do that? Is it just a, part of human life that under certain circumstances, you know, you step up more. Yeah. You know, there's part of that where, you know, we, we saw this in any crisis, we see this where you see people, you know, like they're running away from gunfire and some people that are running towards the gunfire. Right. And then like, and so you people are always kind of doing studies on that of why are certain individuals, you know, like those first responders, you know, their, 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 their call is to run towards the fire versus run away from it. Um, for me, I always look at it in a, in a business sense of stepping into the vacuum. There's, you're going to see certain things that aren't being done, and some individuals are going to be the ones that point those out, and some individuals are going to be the ones that step into those vacuums and take care yep. of them. And I think for me, that's my advice is always if you see that vacuum within your organization, no matter what it is. And I, when I was working in the health system and I ran TA, there was, um, we were going through this large project. And again, this is totally away from a crisis thing, but it's a stepping into the vacuum where we were going from traditional health system to this kind of EMR, electronic medical record system, giant project. It was gonna impact every single person in the company, mostly IT. And we were sitting there as like all these leaders around this table and like this, I mean, literally like 50 of us and nobody was wanting to take on that project. And I'm just like, I'll do it like because I knew what was going to happen was if we didn't take that on as a TA organization, we were going to have to, we're going to have all these fires that were propping up as people were being pulled out of every organization to go and take care of this project. And so I wanted to be on the front side of that. So I wasn't constantly finding out a month later, a week later, two days later that, oh, by the way, you need to fill this. Yeah. Um, and it was literally just stepping into the void and the CEO afterwards comes up and he's like, you were the last person I ever thought would ever want to get involved in that. Why did you do that? Do you have this ability to want to be on this or this? And I'm like, no, it just was needed. And nobody else really had the capacity or the willingness to do it. So it's, it's just stepping into that void. So, you know, the reason that we're doing this is we're trying to help. Yeah. I mean, the reason I'm dedicating this time and the reason you're dedicating this time is we're trying to help. And, you know, listening to you, um, you know, you've already helped me think through some things in my head to the point where, um, sorry, got a little teary eyed for a second. Um, and I think everyone is at some point in their, uh, in, in their being, um, like, what can we do for you? Um, you know, what, what can we do for you? Is there uh, you know, is it going out to buy your book? Is it, uh, you know, signing up for your newsletter? What are ways to stay in touch with you and to help you, uh, through what it is we're going through because uh, you've added a ton of value here. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I don't really, I don't think I need anything. I'm, I'm but I, I get to ask every day. Someone asks me that and I'm always like, oh, I'll, I'll let you know if I need it. You know, the thing I love the most, and I actually got you on Twitter the other day because you do this is you acknowledge when there's something I've said or something I've done that has made an impact to you, whether that's, Hey, you made me smile today or Hey, you made me rethink of something you let me know. And I get those messages on LinkedIn, like once a day, someone will say, oh my gosh, I read that post and that, you know, really helped me. Thank you. 
that is everything. And I think that recognition alone to me is, is great. So just from a community standpoint, I think as we recognize each other and I try to do that and you're a great leader at that when you do that, cause I know you don't do that just to me, you do that all the time. It's so hard for sometimes that we get caught up in our own head that we forget to recognize those who are helping shape our thinking, shape our thought processes and changing our hearts. Um, and so I think that's important that we do that, especially in times of crisis, we have to do that even more because people tend to, especially when we're working from home, a lot of us, um, no one knows that we're thinking about them or not. So we just need yeah. to do that. So you're on the now of now of work Slack group. Um, we'll post this out there. You know, we'll make sure we have all of the links to you, whether you're Twitter or LinkedIn, things like that, so people can stay in touch. Um, you know, and I just want to thank you for taking the time to talk and uh, tell you I love you because it's a uh, it's a time when we all need to be together and bond together. Um, and uh, you know, we don't know what's next, but uh, together we'll get through whatever's next. Hey, I love you too, brother. Thank you for putting this up to on, on the now chat, you know, Slack channel, because I think it's great for us to have a place for all of us to come and and really kind of work through some of this stuff. Okay, great. Well, I hope you have a good rest of the day. Um, and let, once again, let us know if we can do anything. Yeah, stay safe. Thanks a ton.